0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Brad Crawford of 247sports.com. And Brad, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How you doing this afternoon?
1: John, good to hear from you, man. Hope to see you in the flesh here in a couple weeks
0: in Atlanta. Yeah, we'll see uh, how that goes down because uh, we know it's just going to be here before we know it as far as... Uh, all the the great media events that will be transpiring, as well as the great content that will come from it. But uh, I I did want to ask you, because this is one of the reasons I I asked you if you wanted to come on with us, was because you wrote an article for 24-7 Sports talking about the SEC's 12 biggest swing games in 2022, which Arkansas you have listed twice on this list. But starting with what do you mean by biggest swing games? Like what goes into that and what exactly does that mean when you talk about swing games in the SEC?
1: Yes, yeah, swing games are, are matchups that I determine not, not only are they the most important on the SEC schedule. I've, I've picked about a dozen today, but, you know, it, it's also when you look at the six or seven teams who are going to be ranked in that August preseason AP poll, it's the games that can kind of make or break a season. You know, you, you look at Arkansas schedule, John, you know, you, you're not going to find a team in college football with a more challenging first five weeks of the season. You know, and if the Razorbacks can, can get past those first five weeks that may be 4-1 at worst, then I, I really think you can see a team that, you know, challenges for 9 or 10 wins and is is in that SEC West race at the end. But um, Arkansas has a lot of big games this season, obviously facing that tougher schedule, at, as you mentioned, and um, Razorbacks have two of my biggest swing games.
2: How would you go about ranking these games? You have Arkansas-Alabama ranked number three, and that's October 1st.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't consider Arkansas a, a final four contender right now. So you know, there there are teams I have right now ahead of the Razorbacks and the SEC that um, I've I've got higher in that biggest swing game scenario thing. But you know, as I mentioned, I had another article today about you know college football's toughest envi- toughest home environment. I think Arkansas has one of the not only best home schedules in college football, but it's one where Razorback fans can really impact the game. I mean, we're talking about Cincinnati and South Carolina in September, Ole Miss and LSU late, and then that midseason game against Bama, which is that one that, as you mentioned, I, I picked number three in the swing games category. That's a huge game. Um, I I went through Alabama's schedule last week, and I've told all my friends who are Alabama fans, I've, I've said, look, that, that's a game in Fayetteville that, you need to worry about. And I think if Alabama does lose a regular season game this fall, it's going to be to the Hogs.
0: So let me ask you why you think that is. Because, listen, Arkansas has not beaten Alabama since the Bush administration. It's been a long time since Arkansas has found victory against Alabama. In fact, they've never beaten Nick Saban since he's been at Alabama. So why do you believe that Arkansas in this game, in particular, of Alabama's games, might be the one that they lose this regular season?
1: Yeah, it's it's fourteen straight losses. I think it is, and like you said, man, they haven't beaten Alabama in Nick Saban's tenure yet. Most of the games have been lopsided, except for last season. I think KJ Jefferson really stepped up in the second half of that game at Bama. Really had Crimson Tide on the ropes. And you look at the way this year's game sets up. It, it comes in week five. You know, Arkansas will be either two and zero or one and one in the SEC at that point, coming off those games against South Carolina and A and. It just sets up well, you know. I don't I don't think Bama outside of that game at Texas really plays anybody of, of substance in September. So that that's gonna be, in my opinion, a, a really challenging road game. You know, Barry Odom has done a good job with disguising coverages and that sort of thing against top flight quarterbacks and you know, Bryce Young and that new wide receiver core at Bama there's a chance it could struggle on the road at Arkansas.
2: Early in September also another home game for Arkansas, you have ranked number ten. South Carolina at Arkansas so you've told us what you think about Arkansas what is it about South Carolina?
1: that's a, that's a huge game for for both programs I, I think it's uh, certainly you know falls in that swing category especially for the Gamecocks you know South Carolina goes home the following week and plays Georgia. you really don't want to start the SEC slate if you're Shane Beamer in, in year two in Columbia O and two. And you know, oddsmakers are going to put the Gamecocks probably as a seven-point underdog at Arkansas, and probably a 14 to 17-point home dog against Georgia. So it's a huge game for South Carolina. They've they've got no shot in the East if they start 0-2 in the SEC. And I think in in Arkansas's case, you know, you want to open that um, SEC home slate with a win over the Gamecocks. They, they're gonna they're gonna win that opening game against Cincinnati. Arkansas should be around number 17 or 16 in the AP poll after that game. If they beat South Carolina and then Missouri State, you know, it's 3-0 going to Arlington against A&M, and it'll be a huge game.
0: So is it Spencer Rattler is really the X factor for South Carolina, not only this season, but in this particular game? Like, is he going to be the difference in whether they win or lose at Arkansas?
1: I think he certainly is. I, my my final score projection for that game came out a few weeks ago. I think I picked 31, 34-24, I want to say. Arkansas barely covers a – seven and a half point spread that's that's what I've got it at man and you know I've I saw Matt Corral once throw six interceptions against the Barry Odom secondary and I just think for Spencer Rattler's you know first road SEC start it's going to be a challenge you know he probably throw four or five touchdown passes in that first game against Georgia State Gamecock fans will be real excited and then they'll go on the road in a hostile environment as I said and probably take one on the chin so Very big game for the Gamecocks, huge game for Spencer Rattler, and, you know, it's a game where Arkansas's defense will certainly be tested.
2: So your number one ranked game, of course, many people probably could guess that, but Texas A&M at Bama, is that based more so on the fact that we heard the talking from Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Uh, A&M beat Bama last year. It seems like it ramped up to become the number one game simply because of the talking that's happened in the offseason.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the off-season hype and, and fire around that game certainly helped it move into that one spot. But I, but I also think, you know, the, the winner of that A&M-Bama game this year is going to take the SEC West. You know, I'm, I'm not sold right now on A&M's quarterback situation. Obviously, Jimbo got to see three guys in the spring, has not named a starter yet. And, and then you look at some of the positions that Bama had to fill in the portal, like, you know, getting a tackle out of, out of Vanderbilt, had to sign two wide receivers. Uh, one from Georgia, one from Louisville. Bama, Bama, has some questions too to be the you know preseason SEC favorite. So that's a game in early October. I think that will determine the early driver seat in college football's toughest division.
0: I also saw your number two game was. I wouldn't say it's surprising, but it's funny because Georgia, we know, is, is won a championship and, and they're going to be highly regarded coming out of the East. But they, your number two game is them in Tennessee, and Tennessee has to travel to Athens. Are you believing in Tennessee that they could actually be a team that? They, they had a lot of success last year, moved forward a little bit. I think they won seven games. But do you believe that they're a team that, similar to, like, Arkansas, that could beat Alabama, could they go and beat Georgia on the road?
1: So, every year, John, around this time, I kind of go through the schedule every game and just pick one major upset. Um, I think I've hit it, like, four the last six years. And Tennessee at Georgia is my big upset this year. Um, I've got Georgia winning the East at 11-1, and you know, still probably – playing Alabama in a essentially a playoff quarterfinal game SC championship but I think Tennessee does go into Athens and, and win this year Tennessee's doing that rivalry um, I think Tennessee has a chance to finish nine and three they're not going to win the east schedules too difficult you know they have a game against Florida at home in September that is a must- win they go to LSU they got to play Kentucky before that Georgia game Kentucky's probably a team that has just as good a shot to finish second in the east as as Tennessee does but I really think that Hendon Hooker is going to challenge that Georgia defense that's going to have six or seven new starters, and Josh Heupel is going to go into the between the hedges and get it done.
2: So are those two teams you just mentioned, Bama-Georgia, you expect them to meet head-to-head for the SEC title, but who's in a better position to win the SEC? Um, Georgia lost a lot. They beat Bama last year, but we're used to seeing Bama kind of lose that talent and reload. This is something that's going to be new for us to see with Georgia.
1: Yeah, I think my national championship game prediction right now is is Alabama Ohio State. I've I've got Ohio State winning it all. I've got C.J. Stroud winning the Heisman. I'm I am fully on the Ryan Day and the Buckeyes bandwagon. But in the SEC, you know, like like I said, man, it's going to come down to the two teams that it's come down to the last couple of years. You know, before right after LSU's reign with Joe Burrow, and I think Bama right now is best suited to win it because. You know, they had the two best players in college football returning in Bryce Young and Will Anderson. You know, best player on offense, best player on defense. Um, Bama's schedule, the, the road schedule, is probably its hardest in Nick Saban's tenure. There, there's several kind of iffy games, I think, on the Crimson Tide schedule. And, you know, by comparison, Georgia's slate is a lot more favorable. But I think right now Georgia, excuse me, Alabama has the best roster in the SEC, and they're going to get to Atlanta and get to the playoffs.
0: So you have Bama and you have Georgia. I don't think anybody's surprised, and I I mean, that's just the way it is right now in college football and particularly in the SEC. But is there a third team that you look at? Because I know A&M's been a a name that people have been throwing out there. I know that people think there's going to be tremendous strides taken by a team like a Tennessee. Maybe people are thinking that Brian Kelly goes in LSU and sets the world on fire. But besides Georgia and Alabama, is there really anybody else that's even in the conversation right now?
1: I don't think there's any other team, John, that's in the conversation of winning the conference outright but i mean kentucky has a shot to win 10 games i I really do think that based on the schedule you know they're they're only going to play i think two nationally ranked teams you know during that 12 game regular season they have to host georgia november 19th which that could be a game that that determines the east if you know quarterback will levis is, is this top five pick that everybody's projecting i mean you've you've seen him play i don't i don't see top 10 quarterback written all over him but you know scouts have I've watched him all summer. He's really done well in all these, you know, Manning passing academies and all these appearances he's made. So if, you know, Kentucky has that quarterback situation figured out at an elite level, and those nine starters back on defense are elite, uh, Mark Stoops is a guy that we've already seen win 10 games twice in Lexington, and he could certainly do it again.
2: Who's in your college football playoff? You mentioned that you have Ohio State winning, but can you see a scenario where two SEC teams are in the playoff again?
1: I think so, but for that to happen, one of these SEC teams has to make it to Atlanta unbeaten, and and I really think that Georgia and Bama is a strong possibility. Both are going to go into Atlanta eleven and one. I just I don't I don't really see either team, you know, getting through the regular season unbeaten based on scheduling for Bama one, and and two, you know, Georgia just losing so much on defense that there's got to be a Saturday over the next three and a half months where. You know, Georgia does not bring it to a game and gets, gets tripped up. But my, my final four right now, I think I had Bama as the one seed, um, Ohio State as the two, Clemson as the three, and Utah is my surprise pick as the four.
0: Speaking with Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and uh, Marital Fine Jewelry Hotline, uh, i got to ask you this, Brad, because I know we've talked a lot about conference expansions and, and all the realignments yeah. and all the crazy things that's going on there. But I'm curious, because you're a South Carolina guy, and this is something we've had some fun with. What would you make of if Clemson happened to get an invite from the SEC and they joined the SEC? As a South Carolina guy, would that be something you would welcome and be excited about, or would that be something that Gamecock fans would be pretty upset about if that ended up happening?
1: So all the all the off season like water cooler talk with with my cousins and all that who are who were Clemson fans, all the SEC rah rah rah, you know all those discussions would end because the whole SEC versus ACC argument would be over um i i really think man this, this super conference stuff for college football which we're going to see transpire i mean it's already happening we're we're going to see it um even even tenfold in the next few years you know you you lose some of the regional bias slash rivalry you know some of the off-season banter that we're so used to you you lose some of it um i know if i'm shane beamer though you know you might as well make the regular season finale against clemson a a conference game I mean it it, it already means a lot to, to both fan bases and you know for it to up to Andy a bit and you know make it an SEC conference game then it, it, it'd be huge but um I don't I don't know what to make of all this expansion man as a as a as a regional college football guy obviously I I kind of cover from a national standpoint but you know I I like watching you know both North Carolina and South Carolina go at it during, during non-conference season and just you know see, seeing the idea of twenty team and and twenty four team conferences, I'm I'm not sure if college football is heading the right direction.
2: Well, how do you see that ending, though? Do you see it being twenty teams, twenty four? Do you see it being that many, or you think it's going to be a little bit shorter? That like right now, most conferences they're getting to around sixteen teams or so. So, right, where, right. where do you see it ending as far as numbers for each conference?
1: Yeah, I think sixteen teams or maybe maybe twenty. If, if we had three 20-team conferences, that would represent all the power fives. I think where we kind of uh, have to look out here, you know, if, if the SEC goes to the ACC and is able to take Clemson, Florida State, UNC, and Miami, then that, that probably dissolves the ACC as we know it. And then you start seeing programs like, you know, NC State, Wake Forest, they would be borderline group of five programs now because all of a sudden they're, they're left out in the cold. West Virginia, another team, you know, just – along that line so i think if you're in the big 10 or the sec right now you know you just kind of sit under the money printer so to speak while you know you kind of get your head beat in every week by these you know top 15 programs that are annual national title contenders but you know for for those programs right now that are outside of the big 10 the sec um i think the next six to eight months or so is is really vital toward the future of football at those schools
0: and it one of those things too cuz again i know you you cover college football nationally but i know you obviously have some south carolina ties but it's incredible that arkansas and south carolina two teams that joined the sec at the same time in the early 90s i don't think anybody would have ever thought that that would be one of the most pivotal decisions either school could make when joining this conference where they're not having to worry about where they're you know where their home's going to be or where they're going to be playing next they join the sec it looks like at the perfect time and and it's just kind of nice for both programs who came in late to kind of feel that security of being in this conference already?
1: I mean, both of those schools, man, the Razorbacks and the Gamecocks, really, really do reap the benefits of being an SEC program. Both, both have top fifteen facilities. I mean, they they have annual top twenty five recruiting classes, and and a lot of that's not just the coaching staff and, and two two really good recent head coaching hires, but you know, it's it's the SEC footprint. It's it's the trademark being in the nation's most competitive league and. As you mentioned, John, I mean, that's, that's not slowing down anytime soon. The Big Ten has mentioned that, you know, two years from now, they're going to dole out $100 million per school based on TV revenue. And, and obviously, Greg, I he's a great leader of the SEC, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if the SEC approaches that number as well.
2: Well, South Carolina looks like a program that's on the way up. What are expectations that are around, around the program this year?
1: Yeah, I, I would call expectations in Columbia uh, cautiously optimistic, obviously most most Gamecock fans would say Shane Beamer's first season was an absolute home run I mean for for a team projected to win what four games last August to to go six and six and then win a bowl game against Mac Brown and blow out fashion with a fourth string quarterback I mean that says a lot about Shane Beamer and his staff they're they're recruiting at a pretty good level right now you know still still have to be more competitive against you know some of those big teams on the schedule Uh, Gamecocks have not beaten Clemson and I want to say seven seasons now. Most of those games haven't been close. You know, obviously have had their struggles against Georgia and Tennessee. So I think those three games this season, fellas, are sort of the barometer for Shane Beamer in in year two. And like I said, that SEC opener for both teams at Arkansas in week two, that is a huge game for the Halls and the Gamecocks.
0: Yeah, it is. I know that uh, there's a lot of excitement surrounding the college football landscape once it comes here, and it should be a great game, especially early in that Arkansas-South Carolina game, the first SEC game for both teams. So it should be awesome. But, Brad, we appreciate it as always, man, you joining us. Good stuff. do a great job on 247sports.com. And I'm sure we'll be uh, catching up with you down the road and hopefully seeing you on SEC Media Days.
1: I'll be there, man. I'll see you soon.